book one part three of susan by ernest old meadow this librivox recording is in the public domain traxelby part three nine thirty p m more worry and tangle i feel all bruised and weak as if i'd been battered about in the surf on a stony beach while i was walking in the garden after dinner gibson came across from the stables and began hanging about i had a presentiment as to what he wanted and i nearly bolted back into the house susan had been quite enough for one day but although it was dusk i could see his trouble sitting so to speak on gibson's shoulders there was nothing for it but to face it out good evening gibson i said do you want to speak to me i do ma'am gibson answered his manner was perfectly respectful but his tone was almost imperative what is the matter you told me ma'am i could have a holiday beginning monday hughes is well able now to look after the horses if i couldn't trust him i wouldn't go but gibson we talked over all this on tuesday and it was settled you should go why do you want me to discuss it again gibson looked awkward shifted his cap from one hand to the other shifted it back again suddenly he demanded bluntly will you mind ma'am if i go to france to france i said bewildered why france gibson floundered through an unconvincing explanation he affected to have doubts as to the future of the horse he declared that until lately he had clung to a belief that these here motor-cars would die out same as the bicycles did but tardily and bitterly he has changed his mind it seems the horse will not become extinct there will always be a few horses in the country just as there will always be a few bows and arrows but the number of horse-owners in the near future as compared with the horse-owners of the near past is to be in pretty much the same proportion as the archery club amateurs of to-day in comparison with the english bowmen at crecy and agincourt gibson didn't put it exactly in this way but his point is that the horse as the psalmist says is a vain thing for safety when a young man is looking well ahead for his bread and butter gibson wants to stay at traxelby as long as i will keep him but begging pardon ma'am with a single lady one never knows and therefore he thinks it is high time he should put himself in the way of qualifying as a chauffeur hence france you do right to improve yourself gibson i said but why france nowadays you can learn to be a chauffeur far better in england his face darkened asking pardon ma'am he said obstinately i have a fancy for learning in france very well i said it's your holiday and you can spend it wherever you like if you can manage the language go to france by all means then you haven't any objection ma'am why should i gibson hesitated then he stammered i was afraid ma'am that that me goin' to france the same time as you ma'am wouldn't be i mean it would look like taking a liberty i perceived that gibson like many others of his class conceives france as a territory about the size of the isle of wight with paris in the middle but france is a very big country gibson i said far larger than england even if i did object to you we shouldn't be likely to meet you couldn't learn to be a chauffeur at st veronique it's the last place in the world that's why i go there gibson looked at me narrowly i thank you ma'am he said curtly and proudly and he made room for me to pass in his own fashion gibson is as good and as likable as susan 
never till this week has either of them caused me the slightest anxiety i saw in a flash how matters stood and i felt in my heart that gibson deserved the more sympathy of the two he was deeper natured than susan prouder and capable of a grand passion which my sweeter and shallower susan could neither receive nor return his clean-shaven face was almost as handsome as susan's was pretty and if he had enjoyed susan's advantages instead of being brought up among grooms and stable-boys he might have been as refined rather rashly i let myself go and said no gibson i'm not going in yet you have not told me what it is that is really troubling you there is something on your mind he stood stock still at the path side and vouchsafed no answer for a long time at last he said abruptly then you won't prevent me ma'am coming to france how could i stop you france is a free country i couldn't make the french army shoot you or the french police lock you up but i'd better say plainly gibson that i object to you coming to st veronique unless i sent for you the colour mounted to gibson's cheeks he drew himself up and seemed to take some sudden decision he was about to speak when the clatter of buckets at the pump where hughes was gone for water drew his gaze to the beloved stables i followed his eyes as they ranged over the red roofs which had sheltered him at work and at play at bed and at board both in grandma's time and mine ever since he came to traxelby as a half-fed boy of fourteen he heard nero's neighing and boxer's answering bark and i could see that he suffered but these dear old sights and sounds did not soften his face for long he pulled himself together again and began decisively then if you please ma'am with all respect no gibson i said like lightning don't finish let me finish for you you were going to say that you give me notice that you will leave this old place that you'll give up everything just to be a free man no don't interrupt above all do have just a little bit of common sense for instance instead of giving up traxelby simply so that you can come to st veronique how would it be if you told me like a sensible man what you want to come to st veronique for he struggled hard with his pride i helped him out surely you can trust me gibson i don't say i can't ma'am very well gibson i answered shortly i've done my best good night no cried gibson springing across my path miss gertrude i ask your pardon it would break my heart to leave this place but good god this is too hard for me to bear speak less loudly i said now tell me is it about susan he bent his head you mean i said you've fallen in love with susan and then although my spirit was quailing and failing at the desperate sight of the poor lad's agony i actually forced myself to try and laugh him out of it as if it had been no more than a mild attack of calf love really gibson i said as banteringly and gaily as i could i'm surprised at you you're behaving as if susan's going to siberia for life instead of to france for a month no doubt it's very painful and upsetting to be head over ears in love though i confess i don't know much about it but surely gibson you can manage to exist without seeing susan for four little weeks be more of a man it's because i'm a man ma'am he rejoined firmly that my right place is at sin Vironic. you talk of four little weeks ma'am when them four little weeks are over shall i see the same susan as went away 
his earnestness was so terrible that i could not maintain my hollow banter and i was silent i put it plain ma'am when them four little weeks are over shall i ever see susan any more i couldn't answer worse still i guessed that his next move would be to ask me how much i knew so i clung fast to the one hope that buoys me up in all this outrageous business the hope that time and separation will restore lord ruddington to such senses as he may possess and that susan like a ruffled dove will come back to gibson's faithful heart after all you can't answer ma'am he said almost fiercely of course i can't you foolish fellow i said recovering my wits and making a show of irritation i can't answer for susan any more than i can for you how do i know that when we come back in four weeks time poor susan won't find you consoling yourself with somebody else he brushed my trifling aside then i'll tell you ma'am something you don't know he almost hissed in my ear god knows who it is but someone's turned susan's head she doesn't do no more than give me hints it's driving me mad she doesn't name the party but it's somebody richer'n a lord gibson flung down his cap and lifted his right hand hark ye miss gertrude he said harshly and chokily hark ye while i swear this is my bible oath if he touches a hair on susan's head saving what's honest i'll break every bone in his body don't matter to me if it's the king himself whoever he is i'll wring his neck and swing for it gladly if i don't may i be struck dead silence gibson i said sternly don't speak like this to me then how shall i speak ma'am answer me that me that's worshipped every inch of ground that susan's trod on for years and years me that would go through fire and water and hell gibson listen you think you've told me what i don't know what if i knew it already he faced me startled i say what if i knew it already i've never seen this man but what if i could give you my word that susan has only written to him once in her life what if her only letter was to say that she does not love this man and that she does not know she ever can or will and that if she cannot all the money in the world won't bribe her into marrying him what if she has told him that she is glad she is going to france what if she has forbidden him to try and see her till she comes back to england what if she will see you again gibson before she sees him most important of all what if i tell you that i have made up my mind to look after susan in this affair as if she were my own younger sister what if i promise you that she shall not come to harm gibson drank in my words with greedy ears and devoured me with searching eyes god bless you miss gertrude god bless you he faltered and god grant it may be true so you think i would tell you lies gibson no ma'am no you're dealing with me fair but how long will you be able to manage susan if her head gets any more turned and oh miss gertrude i ask pardon but this isn't no job for a young lady like you as pure as an angel that doesn't know this wicked world ma'am if he's a scoundrel he'll deceive susan and he'll deceive you ma'am as easy as looking at you oh ma'am you don't understand i can put up with losing susan though it'll kill me i can put up with her being took away honest but he brought his lips to my ear and finished his sentence if there's any devil's work it'll be murder for him and hanging for me miss gertrude may i come to france 
i drew a step away no gibson i answered assuming a calmness and a mastery which i did not feel you can't come to france there is no need i am sorry for you deeply sorry and i respect you for some of the things you have said but you are excited you have been brooding you've got morbid exaggerated fears he came towards me again gibson wait till i've finished you stopped me saying something that ought to satisfy you it is this at st veronique susan will be under my eye all the time if this man follows her i shall know and i pledge you my word that if he comes i will write to you no i will telegraph and then you can do whatever you please you pledge me your word ma'am i said so for at least five seconds he scrutinized my face then he stooped down low as if he was going to kneel at my feet and began hunting for the cap which he had thrown down among the nasturtiums he was a long time finding it when he got up again he said in clear low sad tones miss gertrude i pray to god that i may live to do half as much for you as you have done this night for me cheer up gibson i said things are hardly ever as bad as they look enjoy your holiday all you can write down your address and give it to me in the morning it's getting chilly good night i hadn't moved twenty yards before he was at my heels once more i beg your pardon ma'am he said breathlessly but there's just one other thing yes i'm thinking ma'am perhaps you won't name it to susan that i've spoke like this to-night you may be easy in mind gibson i'm not likely to say a word about it and be careful that you never name it to her yourself that we've had this talk never ma'am as long as i live said gibson fervently and so i managed to get away on the whole the gibson part of this drama of ours has tried me more than susan's that susan should marry a lord and become mistress of ruddington towers is no more than an oddity an awkwardness but it is a very different thing to look on while an honest lad like gibson sees the girl he worships bribed away from him with money to say that i feel like a bather banged about on the stones by the breakers is to put it too weakly my brains feel like a battlefield where greeks and trojans hector and achilles have been trampling and slashing and charging all the long day and for helen and paris i have a lady's maid and a groom bedtime another thunderbolt the loudest and horriblest and most abominable yet susan must be stark mad instead of copying out my draft she has simply tucked it inside the specimen envelope i addressed and has posted it to ruddington i'm too utterly sick and tired and disgusted to write down in this diary all that susan said which wasn't much and all that i said which was even less but entirely to the point susan has gone off crying as if she's the one with the grievance thank god for bed End of Book 1, Part 3